welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to our brand new podcast, which is called Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and with me is my co-host, Bob Hassan. Bob, hey, here we are. Sean, we're here finally. I know, we've been talking about this for a while, and we finally did it. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, for those of you who don't know Bob Hassan, he is uh, an incredible author and has a book called The Business of Honor. And Bob uh, wrote this with Danny Silk, for those of you who are huge Bethel fans like I am, and Danny Silk, who just does all things relationship. And they wrote this book together. And so you've been this marketplace guy for decades, I mean, 40 years in business. Right. But you've always walked right alongside with ministry people as well and helped coach and challenge and just be a, a sanity voice for a lot of us who have been in ministry too. And then um, some of us have crossed over into business as well. So you and I connected through Danny, which is amazing. And then um, I started to go on this journey of like really feeling, it's been for 10 years, but the last couple of years has been really identified that the next major way that God's going to move on the earth is going to show up most in marketplace and people in careers, people who are entrepreneurs, people who are business owners, that people are going to see them first as far as their first exposure to the kingdom, their first exposure to what God can do. And I started sharing this with you and we started to get pumped up. Yeah, I think the cool thing about that is, Sean, my friend, and I talk all the time about various things, and you have incredible business instinct, and you have incredible business intuition. But when you said that, it was like the Spirit of God fell, and you were speaking as a prophet, and and you basically declared that the next major move of God was going to be through the marketplace. And I, my ears per perked up because when I hear Sean talking, it's it's fun, but when I hear the prophetic comes through you. It's amazing. There's the two of me. It's the two of you. <laughs> the 1% that's awesome and the 99% that's normal. And, and so what, when I heard that, I thought, wow, this is, this is incredible because I got saved in the Jesus movement in the seventies. And so I remember what that was like, the energy around a move of God. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so much energy around a move of God and we've never seen it in modern times, as far as in a mass way, outside of maybe one group or a denomination or a city transformation type team or whatever, we've never seen what can fully happen when there's millions of believers who are believing for God assigning them in their position. And that it's, I mean, to me, it looks like Daniel and Joseph and Esther and the Bible who are in these positions of authority where God moves on behalf of Israel because they're positioned. And you see it everywhere in Israel, like they all understood after it was done that God did something really profound. And I feel like that's why it's, it's kind of outside the, and I of course love the church, planted a church I'm involved with my church, but outside the church bubble of what God can do in the context of the conversations we have, which are very much a lot of times theory and exciting. And they happen really well in the context of our community, but what's happening in the world around us on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, isn't that interesting that a a couple of years ago, we started talking about this. Then we started planning it. Then we started writing our new book, which we'll talk about later. But we're in the midst of COVID right now that has yeah. changed every Monday through Friday. It has. I mean, so we're at 11% unemployment, but we've had 
up to 30% people have right. been unemployed during in the March. COVID time in March. And then we've had uh, the economy, the money's still there, but things like the coin shortage, like there's $48 billion of coins in people's houses, but they're not being used. So like the economy is just so screwed up. It's recoverable. And we have a vision that's recoverable, not just because the politicians tell us it's recoverable, but we, we know that God's doing something, but it feels like everything is getting set differently. And there's an opportunity, especially if you're, if you're a business person with entrepreneurial kind of chops, then this could be one of the best times of your life. Right. And I understand that there's millions of people who are hurting, who are on unemployment, yeah. who have lost their businesses. I, I understand that. But I also understand that this is a time for entrepreneurs like no other. Uh, yeah. If people are willing to think outside the box. And one of the things that I've seen recently is the church has been uh, essentially shut down for meeting in person. And um, they're considered not essential. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've been thinking about, if the church was relevant, mm -hmm. then they'd be essential. You sound like you listened to my message a couple weeks ago. I, I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're so, like, I did. I just wanted to no. say it before you said <laughs> no, it's it, good. after you said it. No, I, I think it was a really fun statement to, to make in the context. And when I say fun, I don't say it lightheartedly, but it's the, like the parable of 10 virgins, you know, five had their oil, they were ready for in the dark night for a light to appear. Then five were just like, it's getting darker. It's free. I'm freaking out. I'm procrastinating. I'm frozen. I'm stuck. I'm in survival. And they didn't really have that place of connection with God that created that oil. So when the, the you know, the bridegroom comes and makes a sound and they have to follow the sound by the light of their lanterns because that's all they have. And I feel like, you know, whether it's churches who, you know, I'm, I'm consulting tons of people all the time. So churches who just didn't have a media plan in place and they were only had natural real estate, no virtual real estate, and they became irrelevant for three months and they lost, you know, 50% of people who go to church haven't even done their online church right now. So if you didn't even have an online church, you're at a hundred percent who aren't coming at all. So we've had the church itself has left the building. People are still being Christians. There's still people maturing, but there's, there's a lot of kind of shaking and shifting in the church world. But then when you deal with businesses itself, or themselves, it's it's really interesting to see how Christians right now, if you are walking with God in a really mature way, it's obvious because there's it doesn't mean you're making more money or you're you're one of the entrepreneurs or all of a sudden everything's okay, but your response is being watched. Everyone's responses are being watched. You're either one of the ones who's energized by media, politics, whatever, whatever's happening, or the financial crash or or the COVID itself. Or you're somebody who's like, yes, I see that. Yes, it is energizing, but I have a different response. And I think that business people, because of how we're positioned in different marketplaces, people are looking, does your Christianity make a difference in your life? And this is one of the times people can see if it does or not. Absolutely. And like you, I'm talking, consulting with lots of people. And I'm hearing business people, men and women, who are saying, how do I keep hold of my employees? Mm -hmm. Yes, the government said, here's a PPP, here's this plan to keep, to keep your employees through June the 30th when we're, we're past that. But I still see uh, employers who are saying things like, what can we do to keep our employees? How can we pivot? How can we shift? How can we start new lines of business? They're actually talking with their employees and saying, what do wow. you guys think? Yeah. And so we're seeing companies shift from uh, top down. Yeah. Is uh, that top down to? I have one friend who was in the events business and um, events dried up. Yeah, they're done. And he got with his employees and said, What do we do? And they said, Well, I think we can help small mom and pop businesses who don't 
um, understand how to apply for a loan, how to get these PPP loans. Oh, wow. So they shifted because because they have a culture of these employees love each other and have worked together with each other. They shifted to start helping that way, completely out of what they were doing. They were that putting events on. And now what they're doing is saying, okay, we can help mom and pops who have no clue how to fill out these, this paperwork. We can help them. Wow. See, I, that's, that's the thing. So something we're seeing something happen right now. I, I know that one of my favorite friends, she said that, uh, Jennifer Toledo, she leads her church, her and her husband, Hona. She said that we've never been at a place in our generation where so much can be redefined in one year, at the space of one year, whether how we spend time with family, ourselves, our friends. All the boundaries have been so off for so many people, whether it's the way we do leadership in our as a, with our employees or whether we're a career person, we're going to switch careers, whatever it is. And she's like, this is the only time. Like, it takes years for people to get here, usually through midlife crisis, but we're now in a crisis together. So if we listen to God, he can actually be the reshaper of our life in these different ways. And for us, it happened. I mean, for Sheree and I, you know, we were already um, knowing we were supposed to shift, but we started making two or three years of plans without the shift in it that God was putting in us. And so it was business. And we knew there was other, you know, things we were supposed to be doing that I was supposed to be spending one-fourth or one-third of my time and all of this, the ministry side of things. And then we're supposed to do some other stuff, but our life, we couldn't make room for it because it was so out of balance with ministry, speaking at events, you know, we had 37 trips planned and you've been consulting us the whole time and kind of encouraging us. And then this happened and you jumped on it right away with Sheree and we're like, this is the time to change. Like, let's make all the changes. And it was painful and hard, but man, it was like, the painful part was only that the implementing, it wasn't actually the new identity because I love the new identity of it. But the painful part was like, we had to, you know, we have great people who work for us. And even though the ones who are still with us had to use different adaptive energy to take on new roles because we're no longer an events company and the whole thing. So it's been really wild. So before COVID started every year, when we would do a strategic plan, you would say, I want to spend less time on the road. I don't want to travel anymore. I want to travel less than 140 days, less well, than Well, I would say I don't days. want to travel anymore, but if I have to, I only want to spend this many days. Right. And so, so. we were down to 80 days. Uh, you said, okay, so we're going we're gonna to yeah. plan 80 days, and your team beautifully did that. COVID hit, and now we're now you're traveling zero days. I know. I haven't traveled at all except and, on vacation. And you've changed your diet, and you you look amazing, and you're around <laughs> the house, and the, yeah. you're you're engaged with the kids and with this new giant dog Stark, and <laughs> yes. and your your life has your life has become manageable. And if I don't want to use the word balanced, but I do talk about work life balance, but it's become more balanced. Yeah, and it will see long term. It's, you know, it's a balance for the season and we'll see how it keeps re rebalance and rebalance, which you are good at helping us right. keep focus. So but you guys, well, too. no, because your painting business, like, you know, you guys were not only essential, but you're working on some of the bigger projects that you've ever worked on in your life. Yeah. So you've, you haven't skipped a beat. You've actually had an increase in right. all the workload that you've had. So you went from already kind of a push of some of the greater projects to even the biggest projects you could have ever worked on, you know? And so it's been really interesting to watch your transition. The craziest thing is this notion of God's favor. So I think, you know, you and I've talked about this ad nauseum, but in 2008, when the recession hit and people were losing their houses and jobs were scarce, God gave us this, these massive jobs. And through 2008, 9, and 10, 
you know, our business was increasing and profit was so increasing. Wild. And I know I told you that back then. I'm like, I'm losing my house and you're gaining business. <laughs> but you didn't lose your house. No, I didn't. So, Actually, back then I didn't oh, lose it, right. it. But yeah, I had a, I moved and the house market went down by, mm-hmm. I think, I was upside down $80,000 in a house in Alabama that I had. And some dear, dear, dear friends helped us. And just because they heard from God that they were supposed to help yeah. pay for that and took it over and managed it. And it was just crazy. But no, like there's a lot of people who did suffer during that time. But I love how, you know, at the further along I'm getting now in life and just being around people like you and know, how people with the podcast will enjoy the people we bring on as guests. It's going to be great. You know, they're going to hear stories that give them faith and eyes to see differently, make different choices. And there's different variables you put on the table when you hear someone's story, which is going to be really powerful about what we're doing. Why are we doing this podcast? Exactly what I just said. We're, we're going to expose you who are listening to people who God in their life has made a huge difference for them and all the difference in the world for them. And you're going to hear stories that would take a thousand sermons to reveal the same principles in a way that, I mean, I think when you hear a sermon and a teaching, it's, it's powerful. But when you hear how someone walked with God in their life in a very similar industry as yours or in a marketplace way where it's not just the pastor who you hear from or the three Christian heroes of your life, but it's, you know, who are in ministry probably, um, or did things 25 years ago, but it's not today. Um, when you hear that it's faith comes by hearing. So you start to get a prototype of a prototype faith, for what God can do for you. And in our Exploring the Prophetic podcast that I now have, I don't know, 160 episodes of or something, the most profound uh, kind of thing I get, the, the the encouragement I get every time from people that over and over and over is before when I thought about hearing God's voice, I thought about people who are like, you know, in the church or do like really profound things, but it's not the mom at home or it's not, it's not the musician. It's not the business guy, it's not the politician. It's always like these figures that I think of. I never think anybody else, but after I've listened to your show, I see myself. And because you've told 150 stories that aren't like me, but they're not like the typical church stories you hear about racism or about finances or about whatever you're hearing all these stories of when God speaks, things change. There's new options. There's different, you know, agendas than we would have had before that. And so I think if we're exploring um, the the marketplace and just seeing really in the business industry, putting people's stories on display, but also we're going to have a really fun uh, component on this, which is questions and answers with Sean and Bob. You guys get to ask us questions and you get to send in your questions to us and we get to answer very real, maybe problem solving questions or spiritual questions about your role in the marketplace. And I think we're going to learn a lot from that too. So it's a really, it's a mentoring device. It's meant to be somewhat entertaining, but also very informative. I think the interesting thing about this podcast is that the notion of the sacred versus the secular. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up in the church, um, I was a businessman. And the question that I always heard is, why aren't you a pastor? And and so, you know, when I was younger, I was like, boy, I don't know. I guess I'm really blowing it. Well, I'll give the church more money and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so as time marched on, uh, the business guys were really only leaned on for, you know, finances. Yeah. But you see, there could be a guy who's running a billion dollar P&L sitting in the church that is, you know, having a hard time making payroll. Mm-hmm. And, and the synergy, if trust is built of what a business guy or a marketplace person could do with a pastor is incredible. Amazing. And, and so over time, as time's gone on, you, you begin to see pastors kind of hooked up with 
builders, if you mm-hmm. will. And the builders are usually people in the marketplace who have been through it, who yeah. understand how to make payroll and all the things that happen around the organizational that. side. Yes, they understand cash flow. They understand mm-hmm. insurance. They understand um, the things that are more practical. And so the marriage of the two, I think, is beautiful. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can all see that that gifts are given to us. And if we're in the marketplace, more than likely, God has put us there. And we are unique in the way that we can exercise our gift. If you're an accountant, for example, there's not very many people in the whole entire world who understand what it's, what it's like to be a CPA to help people. If you're a doctor, if you're in a professional industry, a lawyer, uh, even if you're a businessman who has who who is building a business, it's really hard. All yeah. these things are hard. And God has uniquely crafted you. And I think part of what I would like to see come out of this podcast is the freedom that you're in the right place. You yeah. are where God has maybe, called you. Maybe it's some of the performance broken off too then. Because it's the thing of like when people think of having a relationship with God that has impact means you have to evangelize your whole world. And that that's the fruit of a real Christian. Versus like when you're in your role, especially if you're, you know, learning really what it is to be on assignment for God, you sometimes can't violate that space with an evangelistic moment during the time. You know, it's like all these schools of ministry, they send people out, you know, to malls to pray for people and to minister and do whatever, you know, or like missions programs will do that. And sometimes you got to think if you're the business owner and how the culture of honor would work. If you're the business owner and somebody comes and takes two of your employees off their duty, to pray for them in that moment because they're just excited about God, that that's work you've lost. And does that really honor the, you know, the, the company that you're actually sending these kids to? And a lot of them are getting smarter now and saying, don't do that. But, but you know, it's a, it's a thing of like, there's actually a job to do that God's brought us to do. And Daniel was really amazing where he didn't spend Nebuchadnezzar's time on his spiritual life. He actually had a spiritual life as he was doing what he was doing for Nebuchadnezzar. And he only had to stand when it became a moral issue and change the negotiation of that, or the contract of that. And I think for us, um, you know, a lot of times the marketplace people are either, like you said, financial or pastors don't understand why they're not using it for direct evangelism. Like, let me come and pray for all the people or do whatever, you know. And you're like, I'm building something with God that is actually has the potential to change the way people view God because of how I'm building it. So how I'm building is as important as the words I use or the time I would spend in trying to like do a Bible study with people who don't want it, who wouldn't want to engage that. If I'm an employer and it, most of my people aren't saved who I'm working with, or if I'm a doctor and I'm working with all these you know, staff members, there's a culture I can't violate, but I could still be incredibly relevant to the kingdom in the midst of it. And I always use that statement of, you know, Solomon where the queen of Sheba comes and sees everything is built. She goes, surely your God loves his people because he raised up someone like you. And I think that that's when, when we see a move go in the marketplace, we're going to see a lot of that where people are like, okay, your marriage is okay. You love your kids. You seem to be okay in the midst of instability, but what's the secret? You know, how are you doing this? Back in 2008, when people were asking the question with the hang dog look on their face, Mm -hmm. how's business? And I would say, it's amazing. <laughs> and, they're like, and they would say, why? And I would say, well, I'm not that smart. It's the favor of God on me. I don't know what to say. And I think one of the things that you were just talking about that makes me smile is I had a funny story happen like that where a, a young man who was in one of those schools 
said, you know, hey, God's called me, who I didn't know, God's called me to come to your business to pray for your staff. And I looked at him and I said, boy, I would lock the front door if I saw you coming. <laughs> yes, you what? said that, Bob Hassan. You said yeah, that. Yeah, I did. And I said, you, you have no relationship with me. You have no relationship. You don't know what business we're in. And obviously the people that work in my business, why would I let you in? Yeah. In addition to that, you would take them off task. And the, a business defined is to make a profit and, and, and to produce. Now, I operate my business uh, as bent towards the Father. Mm-hmm. I might not be evangelizing every day, but I'm bent towards the Father. So what people who uh, experience me get is the Father's heart. Yeah. And in major ways, I'll say that as your friend, right? In major ways, I wish we could tell some of your secret stories that you would kill me for telling. But in major ways, you do that. I wouldn't kill you, but I might, I might sick Stark on you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, this podcast is going to be our friends who we know who are in the marketplace, who have incredible stories. And I'm so yeah. looking forward to sharing some of these stories that are mind bending. That you and they're people you would never hear from. Right. I mean, a few of them might be, you know, people who inspire other business leaders and whatever. I was like looking through some of the list of people we've invited and there's some that are like maybe a little bit more well-known names, but the majority of the people are people who've never told their story to a Christian audience, so to speak. Right. And they just have these incredible stories that they've told us. And we're like, we want the world to know that because when people hear that story, they go, wow, I have to think way differently. The cool thing is, is that they're not selling books. <laughs> most of them <laughs> most aren't, of them. <laughs> most of them aren't on social media. Yeah. A couple, one, one of, one of my friends doesn't want his last name used. Yeah. And, but he's willing because he loves us to come on and tell these stories about the favor of God and how he's heard God and how it's changed the trajectory of his business. Is that why? Well, some of the, I, I feel it's true. The more high level the story is, the less you can tell it most of the time. Like we have a friend who's, you know, a multinational chairman and he, you know, in charge of billions of dollars that are coming through his world. And he's just the most on fire, loving Christian, him and his wife. And he's the kind of guy who's tried to see if he can change a whole nation by, you know, helping a Christian president get elected or that kind of thing. Like he's done some things that are just radical. He's in, he bought all the hospitals in one country to see if he can reform the whole country through hospital system and school system. No by big, buying them no all, big like deal. That kind of stuff. So he's like this kind of guy, but he wrote this book and it's the most amazing, even the way it's laid out. Cause he's so excellent. The, the paper stock it's on is so beautiful. Like I like, I, I've looked at the book yesterday. The, it's just a devotional book and it's so beautifully done and he's never released it. He's only given it to a handful of friends. I'm like, you need to release this. And he's like, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be public. And I just did this out of a passion place with God. I'm like, this book would be like a Christian international bestseller because it's so beautifully done and it's so connected to the Father. And he's one of those people that you know could easily be known very well instantly because he's on the Forbes list, the whole thing. But he's just surrendered that because he's having an impact in what he's doing. And I feel like um, hopefully some of these guys like him, we can we can hear their story and maybe they can uh, maintain their anonymity a little bit so mm-hmm. we can hear some of it. Because like his spiritual journey story has mentored me big time and Shri as well. Like yeah. both of us have, when he tells us a story, you feel like you're in school. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, you you and I had the opportunity to sit with a Oh yeah. With an older man. And, and we just listened to, we just asked him a few questions and listened to his stories. 
And when we finished and, you know, he, he got up, we were kind of looking at each other like, really? I mean, I feel like we just got a master class. Yeah. Sitting, drinking, you know, a sparkling water and listening to this. Man. We'll have to have him on. I think yeah. he'll come on. So these are the kinds of guys, you guys, that and women, men, different, you know, backgrounds that we're inviting onto the show, inviting this conversation to bring you really, um, to set a table for you that you can have a different level than maybe you would get from another kind of podcast that's not really geared towards you. If you're a marketplace person, this is geared towards you and it's going to create questions. That's why we're having a question time because we know we're going to create questions. We know you already have questions and maybe Bob and I can help you out, but it's going to, some of the stories and some of the life choices is going to create questions. Not like, huh? Not that kind of question. Like, oh my gosh, that's available. How do I access God that way? And that's exactly why we would even do this as part of the Exploring Series podcast is because we want you guys to be able to have access and and we want to make these people available to you. So, Bob, what's the number one thing you're excited about for this? Sitting with you and talking. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's so easy. It's like yeah. the easiest thing we do. Actually, uh, to, to unlock some of these stories. And the reason we're, we're starting this podcast now is in preparation for, which I don't think we've talked about, is we're releasing a book uh, early next year together. Yeah. And um, the title we're still working on, but essentially it, the, 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 this book, the emphasis of this book is talking about hearing God um, in your everyday life. Yeah. And so we just have Especially for marketplace story people. after yeah. story of marketplace people and scriptural basis. It's it's going to be a beautiful book that I think will um, allow kind of what you what your prophetic word is is that um, you know the marketplace is going to be the next revival center. Yeah. This book it will be will will, will go hand in hand with the podcast. And we start the book in the, uh, in the introduction with that prophetic word that you had. One thing I love about the book, and we'll talk about on the podcast as well, is um, when you learn how to hear from God, it's not always the audible, disruptive voice, but sometimes it's your instinct, your intuition that he speaks through because he lives inside of us. And a lot of times we, uh, we kind of dismantle or discount instinct and intuition or gut as Christians because it sounds new agey or it sounds like... But we actually press into that and talk about like, actually, let's look for the big wins, reverse engineer those times, mm -hmm. and you're going to find God there. And you're going to find a prototype for how God speaks to you. And also, let's re reverse engineer the failures. And in that, when you didn't make a decision or you didn't jump when you were supposed to, you can learn how you were discerning in that moment, too, with God. And so I think a lot of times when we're talking about hearing from God, we're looking at all the great things we're going to do in the future. But the book really helps us to go through and look for the ways he already speaks to us and the, the way he's already wired us. And I love some of your practical experience in fleshing that out. And it's really fun how it shows up in the book in yeah. an amazing way. So the book is coming out to you guys, but the podcast is here to stay. And we're going to be having these kinds of conversations and the book will help lead some of those conversations for us. And it'll be a supplement for you guys. And until then, we hope you'll join Bob and I on Exploring the Marketplace. Right. Yes, Bob. I can't wait. Now we're on to the question part of the show, which is one of my favorites. And people can have the opportunity to ask us questions, Bob. They call in or they use our website and they leave where they're from, who they are, and a question to us. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First one. 
I've seen a lot of companies take a family, like we're all family type of approach. Um, but sometimes what I see is more of a dysfunctional family dynamic that tends to happen. How familial should businesses be? <laughs> That's such a great question. That's a great question. I think uh, for me, when I think of family approach, and this happened even when I was a senior pastor, there's a point where you have a job to do together that's not common family, right? Family is a family no matter what. They love each other no matter what. And there's a different level of covenant in family when it's not about an assignment, a role, or a job we play together. And there does have to be a recognizing of that truth to some degree. So you could become incredibly codependent. You could stay falsely loyal for too long to something that isn't like you're not, you're not judging the same kind of accountability in the family if someone's your boss. If it's your dad, you could actually confront them and talk to them about something. If it's your boss who has a fathering spirit, you can't necessarily do that. So I think sometimes people get in these codependent relationships, either the boss to the, the employees or the employees to the boss, or else even in, you know in, in the roles themselves. And I think we have to recognize there is a function and a role that has metrics that you're having to follow and you're, there's performance in it and there's all kinds of things. So you can have a family culture and have cultural points that are part of the foundation of the company, but ultimately your boss's responsibility, or if you're the boss, your responsibility isn't to keep everyone hired forever. Your your role is to get a job done and to treat people with the culture of honor, which I love your book, Bob, with values, with moral, moral integrity, all these things in that context. So you can still have relationship the rest of your lives, but the role itself isn't what you're saying, I promise you, you get this forever. The relationship itself could be built and developed. And I think that people get those confused often. I'm, I may not be saying it the best, but I hope that's helpful. What do you think? I, I think you said it pretty good. To me, uh, this question at the heart of it reminds me of boundaries. Yeah. And, and Neil I, Anderson, I read think, that. I think that uh, good boundaries are a must. Um, I don't know any particulars about this question, but as an employee, we want to maintain good boundaries. Uh and there are metrics, uh, there's performance, there's jobs uh, that we need to do, like Sean said. If you actually are the boss, um, one of the things I like to think about is having a father heart for the Lord doesn't necessarily mean going in and uh, talking about everybody's personal problems, but it means if you're bent towards the father and the father's coming through you, then um, people are going to see your father heart. So boundaries, number one. Um, number two, uh, hitting the performance and metrics. And number three, if you, if you feel like it's very dysfunctional and there, this job that you can't actually perform, then, you know, maybe it's time to look for another job. Yeah. And I think of like one of the contractors I hired one time when I was doing video games and he just was convinced this was his dream job. He's waited his whole life for this kind of job. And I had him let him go three months into it because he wasn't experienced enough to be the lead, you know, in his field and yeah. his department. And so I had to let him go because we needed to hire a bigger company that had more employees, that had more people connected to it. And his mind didn't get it done, but he wasn't even, you know, performing. But we were friends outside of this. There was a relationship outside of this. And at one point, he put the ultimatum on it, like, you're not listening to God. You're not honoring me. You're not all the things you said. And I, I wasn't letting him go. The investment company was. I just had to do the bad news. And I just had to look at him and say, I love you regardless of this role. And I want to be your friends regardless. And I know this is painful and it hits on desire and dreams and passion and some things that you think you have a God card on, like a prophetic word on. And I got to let you go though, even though, and that's painful for me too. And he wasn't able to maintain a relationship based on that because in his mind, I had destroyed his opportunity, which speaks of the bigger issue, which is his identity was in the 
the performance of this role, not in our relationship. And so I think we're navigating that kind of stuff all the time. And no matter how mature you get, when you put relationship into it, you have relational battles. And I mean, I love, um, you know, some of the, the mature coaches out there will say the biggest problem with working with people is working with people. You right. know, it's just what it is. And so no matter what family language or whatever you, you use, if the person doesn't have a great tool set of how to manage conflict or when times are down or whatever else, there's gonna, they're going to express themselves in pain or survival or whatever else. And you're not accountable for that. You're accountable to love as best you can, whether it's the bosses or the employees or both or whatever. You just love the best you can. But you also have to be realistic about it's, it's a job. Thanks so much for that question. We hope you, we answered it. Yeah, we hope we did. What's our next question? For those of us who wonder what God has designed us for, do you have any suggestions for discerning God's will in our profession? I believe that the Lord has designed each of us with great care. Yet, to be honest, I feel clueless as to whether I'm operating according to that design in my career. I've decided that since my family depends on me, I'll give my all to what I'm doing unless and until the Lord moves me elsewhere. Thanks. Tom, I think you should be a voice actor or a ebook reader. You're amazing. Your voice is like phenomenal and you're so professional in how you present us that question. So first of all, <laughs> if you want an opinion that's not based on discernment, what do you think, Bob? Well, I think it's a, I think it's a really good question. Uh, and we've talked to lots of people who have that question. And sort of the first things I think about practically, Sean, are what's your personality profile, whether it's Enneagram, mm -hmm. a disc test, strengths finders, does that match up with um, the job that you're doing? Number two, uh, if you went to college or had interest in high school, does that match with the, the, the job that you're doing? Those are the first two questions that I would ask. I would ask Tom. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, we hear things and I, I believe in us do what you find beautiful, but a lot of times we have fantasy about that. Like, I find fine arts beautiful and I actually have like a lot of professional training with right. art and painting. And then I started doing it. I sold my first few paintings and I realized like after about a year and a half, you know, of doing shows and stuff, this will never make me the kind of money I want to live off of. And this will never meet a greater significance of reaching out to people and connecting to people and helping people. It's more of a introverted career versus an extroverted career the way I was doing it. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I find this incredibly beautiful, but I had to discover that. And I feel like, um, not all of us have room in our life to be able to discover, depending on how many family members you're, you're responsible for and everything else. And um, so discovery is a hard process. But I think, you know, God thought of, it says in uh, both Ephesians and Romans, that he thought of us before time began for the good works we would do here on earth. That means that he dreamed of you and he has a discovery process for you. And the majority of us enter that discovery process. It's very intentional, but it's also uh, not direct. And so learning how to trust God you know, I was a janitor before I was in ministry and before I was doing media, I was helping other people write their books. I did all kinds of stuff before I'm doing what I'm doing now. But all of that was part of the discovery process where I learned who I was and also how to connect to other people. So recognizing the weave and the threading of God throughout our life, but going on a very intentional discovery process, especially if you are responsible financially for a lot of people or for yourself in a real way. And these kinds of times, you got to be really careful about discovery but getting some education right now around the things that you find interesting, even some people taking one class in the area, like I joked around with you, Tom, about you'd be a great voiceover person. You really would. And so like taking a voiceover class and seeing if this is something that I like to do or would want to discover about myself and then learning how other people make money in that field and then going on the journey of 
let's see if this this can work out and seeing if God brings favor and grace on it. And I know discovery is hard. We all want God to just tell us directly, but God, God is in the journey, not the destination. And we have to really learn to walk with God. And we don't waste time when we're trying to walk with God. There's no waste of time unless you're doing something immoral. If you're not doing something immoral regularly, that's like habitual, then you're going to have, you're going to find him in whatever journey you're choosing with him and whatever way you're trying to discover him. Yeah, Sean, that's great. I love the process because I found in my life there is a long journey. And sometimes we enter into a place in our life where we become uh, dissatisfied with whatever we're doing. And it we have the tendency to say, I have to stop this and start something else. But I'd suggest this both and yeah, um, sort of sort of system. Like Tom, if Sean mentioned the voiceover, well, if that resonates with you or something else resonates with you that you're thinking, feeling passionate about, then begin to do it after your work hours and yeah, begin to steps. see if these steps will will move you to a place of being eventually able to change. And I'll just say this, if anybody's listening and you're like, but I don't have the time for that, I don't have whatever, the things that you're called to, you will find time to do no matter what. And especially as you're discovering them and giving them to God. And uh, I, I live a pretty high capacity life and I still find time to do certain things that are in me that aren't giving me money or our career that I feel are significant. Like some of the writing projects that are not my books that I'm putting out there. And I'll have people tell me, I've been trying to write a book for years and I've, you know, for 20 years I had this one book project in me and I'm like, in the last 20 years I've written 12 books. You know, it's like, yeah. you have to, you have to realize like there is a side of you that just has to do it and just try it. So I hope that helps, Tom. Yeah. Thanks for the question, Tom. And that was our question and answer time for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please submit your questions to BullsMinistries.com for Sean and Bob. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.